I keep clicking webcam and then it turns on. Like it's on now. Hold and then on, it goes out. Hold on, let me fix my background real quick while you fix whatever you're doing. I don't know why it's not. Sorry, video support is not yet available for this platform. Wait, why? Why? Is it Welcome to the Enter My Shoes podcast. In each episode, I look to inspire, talk about something new, or interview a guest. Enter My Shoes, where the stories smell, but they don't stink. This is my rationale, is you're more of a crazy person than I am, and you will, uh, once you like something, you're just in it. And you'll just probably produce a hundred podcasts in a weekend, whereas that takes me maybe a couple months. <laughs> Dude, while, like while you're getting coffee, I uploaded like three episodes. There you go. The, plain and simple. Okay, well, well, let's do some form of introduction. Should we intro together, or do you want to intro me? Or I'll, intro you. I'll, I'll, I'll intro you. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll start. I'll start. I always start my podcast the same. So here we go. All right, let me get my microphone. All right, what's up, everyone? It's your boy, Tyler. This is Draw and Talk Podcast. Really quick, hit the subscribe button if you want to want some awesome uh, content about making comics and just being a creator. I got my good friend, Brian, here today. We've been best friends for forever. And uh, he's um, this is going to be a cool episode because part one is going to be on my show, and then part two is going to be on his podcast. Go on iTunes. Uh, no, the podcast app, and uh, it's Enter My Shoes. Exactly, and you can find it anywhere. Yeah. What? Exactly, and you can find it anywhere. Is yeah, what they... you can find it everywhere because you used Anchor, so like it just like like spammed everyone. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's it, you got to start off as spam, and then you turn into something good, right? <laughs> it's true. You gotta hit. You gotta hit everything. <laughs> I know. Also, where can we find you on Twitter, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, my Twitter handle is just my name, right? Is it, is it just at Brian Cargill? Yeah, That's yeah, so cool. just just at Brian Cargill. Boom. But you at type Brian in like Cargill. Brian Cargill video, you'll it'll pop up with a lot of like my portfolio stuff. You can find my Twitter, my Instagram. I would say I tweet pretty frequently, like one liners uh, about creativity. About yeah, thank you, Tyler. You give me a lot of love and support on there. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> uh, creativity there, and then I produce videos in house for a company for a uh, accounting consulting firm. And so a lot of my work is there right now, and I haven't been keeping my portfolio as much up to date. But this podcast, which I'm doing, is a, is an outlet for my creativity recently, which I yeah, think it, go yeah. for it. Yeah, well, I think it's really oh, unique because yeah. uh, I've been listening to a couple audio books, and they were saying that a, a lot of creatives throughout time, like the, the Da Vinci's, the Michelangelo's, the Picasso's, they all had some creative form or outlet. And it wasn't always um, what we saw. A lot of times they might, you know, uh, I don't know the specific names, but Leonardo da Vinci, he also did pottery and he was part of the arts. He did stage design, but then he dabbled in biology and anatomy and some of these other things. So I'm, I, I like to say that I'm a videographer, but then doing these podcasts is another form of outlet that allows me to express myself. And, you know, for a lot of these guys, they produce just as many great works as they did bad works. And yeah. that's just what you got to do you got to grind through what what was that um that quote that i gave you oh which 
You give me so many good quotes, and I retweet them all the time. Well, well the one where you gotta like, it, as a photographer, you gotta take either a thousand or ten thousand. Thousand bad photos. Ten thousand bad photos to take until you take one good photo. Exactly, and yeah. uh, and then there's a there's a great story that kind of backs up behind that where. Uh, who was it? Picasso was just sitting in a coffee shop and he was just doodling on a piece of paper. And then he, at the end of his doodle, he, he scratched it up and he threw it into a, a trash can. And this lady came up and she's like, well, why are you throwing it away? Like, I'll, I'll buy that from you. I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks for that. He's like, no, that, that cost $10,000. He's like, I've been working on that piece in my mind for the last like 60 years of my life. <laughs> and so he took the piece of paper and he like walked off with it. So, <laughs> so. So it's just pretty funny. A, a lot of things can be bumbling around in the background, especially in the creative world. Yeah, and like it's gonna dip your feet in like so many different things, and kind of like like what you said, like like bring up Picasso. Picasso's like a really good example of like dipping your feet into some in different things, because he's famous for his weird abstract like arts, but his early stuff is like was like the normal painting like they were doing back then, and he decided, you know, I'm gonna try something different. Exactly. And that's what defines every artist. I mean, you, you first have to do something that's totally different and everyone rebels against it and says, that's so stupid. That's, that looks like uh, just uh, a piece of junk, you know, putting a, a toilet in, a, in an art gallery, really questioning, pipping, you know, flipping things on people's heads. And that's really you have to be a niche. You have to be specific in what you're doing. Uh, so you create a whole bunch of random things in that one uh, realm. And so, for example, you have Andy Warhol who uh, moved to New York. He wasn't doing anything and then just decided, uh, I'm going to paint Campbell's Soup and do 10 of those and then uh, made it into a, a series, which, you know, he gets a lot of slack. And he wasn't a great artist by any means, wasn't doing anything, uh, didn't, didn't blow anyone's mind away, but he did something unique and different. And that's why, mm -hmm. how he stood out. So a lot of times so, we might have like an idol, someone that we're looking to, and you want to copy and be exactly like them, but you have to uh, create your own voice and you have to stand out in your own unique way. So how do you then, Brian? How do you stand out I, in your own unique way? I just way? be myself. I, I live, I wake up, and I live, and then I press the record button, and then I do that <laughs> in front of uh, random people. That don't know they're gonna be recorded. If you listen to episode three with uh, with Phil Part, where he doesn't know oh. that he's gonna be interviewed, and then I and I pull the story out of him, literally while he's on the toilet. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I have this this new theory, and I I was running it by Emily and by uh my mom and everything. Is that I believe everyone has a story. Um. So so in a sense, everyone is a brand, like you, like you would Coca Cola, Subway, Nike. They're all brands, and they all have a story that they tell. You know, the the crazy upstart that overcame something. That's I think that's equivalent for every person out there. Everyone has a story. Whether you know you grew up, you had a great life, or you grew up and you had a bad life, you can use those to your advantages in telling your own story. So for me, I grew up. You know, University Place, Washington. We both grew up together. UP. Um, but I had uh, kind of a little bit of a rougher home life with my parents splitting up. And so what I did was I just kept myself busy and I would just do things. I remember it was eighth grade. I just decided like every quarter I would or every semester I would just sign up for something new. So it allowed me to branch out and try new things like wrestling and uh, dance blast and even just doing stuff like we did together. Like we would always go record music and uh, make videos. Do you... Um, we could splice this in there if you wanted to. Any of the uh, the <laughs> list of fifty things before we graduate. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? YouTube.com/schooldays. School days. Back when, did, back when you could just have a 
you could have the URL. You didn't have to um, get permission from YouTube. Oh, gosh. I think you have to have 10,000 subscribers before you can do anything with a YouTube channel for the most part. Yeah. Well, you have to have at least 100 subscribers to get the, the YouTube.com slash then your name. Yeah, exactly. You have to have at least 100, so I finally got that last week. Yeah, you know, kind of still talking about that, this makes me think of when we were kids, uh, we... We kind of like flipped roles. You were the guy that filmed everyone and edited and produced everything. You actually produced your first documentary, <laughs> The Good, the Bad, the Epic, which um, ple- still to this day, sorry, that was uh, Emily playing some music and this is me. <laughs> this is a hand motion of me telling her I'm in the middle of a podcast. Oh, you're going you're gonna to pass by now? Oh, okay. Hi, Tyler. Here. This, this, is, this is Emily. She's going to be on the podcast soon. She's a video editor. She also flipped roles with you, Tyler. <laughs> it's true. Like, I was back in high school, I was filming and I was editing on freaking, like, Movie Maker 2.0 on my Windows Vista. It Watch YouTube now. People watch movies and they think that... I, I showed a video to Philip. It was two minutes long. And he thought that it took me two hours to f- piece it together. I was like, Tyler, I spent... Or I was like, Philip, I spent the last two years editing that doing interviews with random people splicing it organizing it and uh, uh, there's just a big underappreciation in the creative world do you feel that way tyler oh yeah absolutely like um like when i do comic books and then the the, the like if i if i get hired on from a writer and i'll i'll send them i, I send them like prelim sketches i'm like okay this is what i got from your script and like it's a rough doodle is this what you want? And then they go, oh, yeah, that's what I want. And then I then spend the next day or two drawing it. And then they go, and then when they finally see their what they wrote and how I interpret it in there, they go, you know, I, I think I got my script wrong. I shouldn't have did that. Can you redo the page? I'm like, do you, like, realize, oh. like, what, what redoing the page, like, means? And, like, now I just recorded an episode um, where I talk about my pet peeves of like working with writers and that was one of them so now i'm going to start charging people for redos yeah that's a great great idea i what was it there was a <laughs> there was an animation sketch i forget if it was like wally or one of the newer films that came out but they watched the whole film and then the director's like well can we can we edit it can we cut it and they're like what are you talking about we edited and did all the cuts when we made the mock-ups for this video it's like that's the video this is the edit and i think that was i forget what it was it's like that's kind of revolutionary that you know people think in terms of uh, still being able to edit an animation after the fact yeah do, do you guys does that happen in the in the comic book world like where you create an entire comic and then they're like oh let's just pull out this uh, slide here or we'll you know add something a little detail uh, no, not really. Like they'll well, you'll draw you'll draw a page, and then you'll just uh, they'll they'll like be like, oh, can you add? I, a big thing is that like with oh, I wish I had a piece of paper. Let's say we'll just like use this as a piece of paper. Oh, it's my to do list. But like if this was like a piece of paper, you can only have so much space um, to put enough panels and illustrations, and then you also have to put in all the stuff that's going on in the page and then you have to worry about the dialogue the word balloons covering up the art yeah and so i remember drawing and be like hey can you add another panel i'm like where like there's no more like 
I'm going to have to, I mean, somebody's going to have to take it out. And then he's like, and then can you put all these words? And I'm like, well, now no one can see the art. So why did I spend all this time drawing when we could have just put words over there? And he's just like, well, I need to convey the message. I'm like, we'll take out some words. And so they don't like, there's a lot of, you know, like with animation, like the, you can't just take out and add, same thing with the comic page. Like if you're going to add something, it better be freaking worth it. Like you have, there's a lot of things you have to think about when you put a page, like do I, I should draw like they say, if this was a comic book panel, you would draw the head not up here. You draw the head up right, like in this bottom area, so that the words can be on top. Because if you draw the head up there, then where's the words gonna be? Oh, so you're and always thinking about headroom or headspace yeah, for them. You always have to think about headspace. You have to think about the word balloons and that stuff. That it. And then sorry to interrupt you. And then you guys are also limited to like how many pages, isn't? Well, I, you told. I think I read as like the average is like nineteen. 20, 24, 24, 22, 24. Is like the standard. Yeah. And so if you get any bigger than that, you lose viewerships. Like, how is that number defined? Like, no, like 22, 24 is just like your typical, like, standard, like, issue one. It just looks good. Yeah. yeah, but like, what people, a lot of people also, they have these like, huge stories and they're trying to compact it. And you're like, you have to compact it in the, within 22 to 24 pages. And to make the story make sense. Like I was actually just reading um, an old an old job I did, and like I just I just took it because I was getting paid money. Uh-huh. But the writing was horrific because by like by like the end of the book, we the 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 reader had been to ten different civilizations, met twenty different characters, and you're just like I don't care about any like. Like, you can't, it was, like, one page, like, oh, my gosh, it's you. And they're, like, yeah, let's talk. And it's all this information that, like, the writer's, like, oh, yeah, well, like, there's all this backstory. And you're, like, yeah, the reader doesn't know. Exactly. Was the artwork incredible, though? No, my artwork was really bad. No, Oh, no, no. Oh, this is your piece that you did with the 10 different civilizations. Yeah, I drew it for someone. Yeah, so this. I drew it for a writer. Oh, okay, I didn't know if it was someone like that. Because that's, that's the biggest thing is a lot of people get a, a whole story muddled up and confused. And I think this is a great segue into storytelling and just, like, uh, the, the impact of that. Like, when you think of a great story, what do you think of? Like, uh, Titanic, Braveheart. I'm kind of going through the, the 90s, but Lion King, that's a great story. Wolverine, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, yeah, going back into the comic book. Uh, what, what – and this is just off the top of the head. What do you think is the best um, story told in the superhero world right now? Oh, the best. <laughs> this is so controversial. But maybe uh, keep it just to movies, just so that way yeah, I can yeah, still yeah. have a dog in this fight because I don't read a ton of comics. I'm gonna... Well, I would say definitely like okay, we got Infinity War. Uh huh. But maybe what what one character do you? Uh... Yeah, this is oh, kind of like controversial. Yeah, who do you think has the best like? Batman. It... Yeah, Batman. yeah. You... Well, this is <laughs> no bias in there, right, Tyler? <laughs> Batman. You've loved Dude, love you've Batman loved Batman since how, since you were how old? Dude, since I was like three. Yeah, let's break this down. And then why is, why is he unique? Well, he's an orphan, right? He's an orphan. Um, he all it is is tragedy. I feel like he's really relatable. But then we're like, but he has all this money, and but we still feel for him. And it's true because if, if my parents died and left me all that money, I'd be like, well, we'll spend it. The guy's still miserable. I think he's the most miserable of all the characters. <laughs> He's getting married though in a couple of, in on July fifth. On July fifth, he gets married. Which one? Yeah. He's getting married to Catwoman in the comic books. Oh. Yeah. So 
Well, so we're going to see, like, Anne Hathaway marry uh, Ben Affleck in, in the next movie. <laughs> no, if they even do another movie. That, they, robbed, they robbed your character of that one. See, my favorite character is Iron Man, because I remember watching as a kid, I mean, it, it, using the ACDC soundtrack throughout those, and he's, like, he created himself. He's so sm- smart that he was able to create himself out of nothing uh, using a car battery. Uh, yeah. First of all, no one could do that really, and then he creates uh, the arc reactor right on, yeah. on his own, just in the middle of the desert with nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean he had the other scientists do there to help him though. Yeah, a team of one. But but going back to storytelling, I want to use the Avengers and compare it to the Justice League real quick. Uh huh. Oh man. So, did you see Justice League? I did. I liked it. Did Everyone hated it? it, but I liked it. Okay. But my, my benchmark is so low because I have this thing, Movie Pass, and so I can, it's subscription based. You can go see a, a movie a day at the theater for $10. You get to see as, as many movies as you can in 30 days. So you see one, it's already paid for yourself. And I saw Justice League and I had no expectations for it. Whereas I think if okay. you pay $12, $14, you have expectations. Okay. <laughs> well, Sorry, that was my plug for Movie Pass. Sorry, there's no uh, promotional there. <laughs> People need to know. If you look at, like, Justice League, Justice League was supposed to be, like, the really big, like, DC team movie. And um, when you were watching it, you didn't really know anything about the characters, though. Like, they rushed everything about Aquaman. You didn't really get to know about him. They rushed everything about The Flash and Cyborg. Whereas if you compare that to the Avengers, they gave each of those characters a movie. So that when it was in when, when it was time to do the Avengers movie... You didn't have to worry about, like, what are, who are these characters? It just Backstory. went straight to the action. Yeah. And same with uh, Infinity War, um, where you they didn't have to worry about, oh, let's tell us about uh, tell who's Iron Man, who's Thor. No, you already know who these characters are. We've spent the last 10 years learning who these characters are so that in Infinity War, it was this action, action, action. Whereas in Justice League, be, because no one knew who these characters were, they had to spend more time developing the characters, and then there was no action. We didn't really care about the villain. We didn't even know who the villain was, what the and what their uh, what their deal was. Yeah, the like, villain was, was like there's like a couple villains going on in that yeah, movie. Yeah, like what was the motivation behind any of the villains in Justice League? Yeah, it's interesting that they would. Whereas, I think I think just Avengers was ahead of the game on understanding how people's uh, the way that people get information isn't just from one source anymore. Like, I think yeah, they really yeah. tapped into the fact that, yeah, that now that they, I mean, they have all the series spinoffs, the, the um, individual episodes that you can watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You have all the, all the, the spinoffs that are going on there. But they, know, spent Agents the, they, of spent the time, they spent the time world building. Yeah. Because they, they spread. Really, the, go for it. The movie they really wanted to make um, out of all of these was Infinity War. They didn't really want to make any of these other movies. But they realized, okay, it's gonna, we're going to have to do 10 years of storytelling to to make the movie we want and i feel like a lot of people they skip the 10 years of work mm-hmm. and try to get into their infinity war like dc oh. try to do it with justice league yeah that's like, a great you point know what? instead of spending 10 years of developing our characters and developing a good story let's just jump to justice league and then that, and that's why it flopped but infinity war they spent 10 years and i think a lot of creators they just like want to make that big thing like i got a vision and they don't want to put in the 10 years of work yeah, of like learning and to build their story and their craft, and then they just jump in, and then it's a flop. I don't know if that's a metaphor or nothing. <laughs> no, I like uh, that's a great take on it because 
yeah, you spend so much time story building, and then they were able to just jump right into that with Aven- Infinity Wars. Like, yeah, I could imagine if you walked into that movie and you, and you kind, if you kind of knew the characters but never really seen the movies, you would still be lost. Like, uh, yeah, yeah at least see Guardians of the Galaxy, um, one or two, maybe, because t- uh, and then you had to see, um, what are some of the other movies? You had to see Thor, Ragnarok. Had to see Thor. Uh, I don't think you really need to see Iron Man. You didn't really need to see Black Panther to be able to understand it. You needed to see Civil War to see why. Civil War was a big right. one, yeah. So there were four, four four movies in there, and they had they released all these other ones. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, it's tough to say. So in the comic book world, this is something that's always been fascinating to me. Was Infinity Wars conceived ten years ago, or was it out of conception that there was like, oh, we have all these individual superheroes and movies that we made now let's make it happen no no no. there was like did in the very first okay in the very first iron there's iron man okay mm-hmm. and then after that they made the incredible hulk and then at the end of the of the incredible hulk movie there's a post-credit scene where iron man comes in and says we're building a team mm-hmm. and so all those then thor and captain america was all built so that we could have the first avengers movie 10 years ago but do you think they did that as a broad overarching? Because yes, Avengers have because gone... The, because the final scene of Avengers shows Thanos. That's right, yeah. And well, in, in the very first one, yeah. Yeah, and he's just chilling. And we don't know who Thanos is. We just know he's this big bad guy in space. Yeah. And then at the end of the second Avengers movie, and then like five years of superhero movies, and then there's Avengers 2, then... We see Thanos again. We've never, once again, we've never seen him mm-hmm. again. And he he grabs the gauntlet. He's like, "I'll do it myself." So we're like, "Oh snaps!" Now we know that Thanos is coming, but we still don't know enough about Thanos. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy were introduced to him just a sli- just by the name. Mm-hmm. And then Guardians of the Galaxy two, she says, "I'm gonna go after Thanos." And that his just name is being just like dropped, and everyone knows Thanos is this bad a. But we don't really know him, so because we're we're worried about the other characters and their development. So then, when it finally gets to Infinity War, we don't need any of the other character development. We can just develop Thanos, and that's why by the end of the movie, it's more. Infinity yeah, War you're is right. It is just more about him. I mean, you hear yeah, about his whole backstory with Gamora and everything. It's about yeah. Thanos. Yeah. So, so is that your recommendation? I mean, yeah, you have to build up the bad guy just as much as you do the good guy, right? So you learn just as much. I mean, with the, you know, when I think of the best bad guys, you think of the Joker, uh, obviously from the, the second Batman, you think yeah, of... Yeah, Dark Knight, that wasn't a Batman movie, because Batman was already built in Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. That was a Joker movie. Yeah. They didn't it really was, go into too yeah. much backstory, but they just, man, that movie is just incredible. Just the Nolan very first scene that, from the get, that song, yeah. that is a great, a great movie. Christopher Nolan says that you can define all of his Batman movies, not... Uh, Batman, I still Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. way of putting it. And, I mean, you can tell that he's not on the ship anymore. I think he had a little bit of a hand in uh, Justice League, right? Man of Steel. Man of Steel, yeah. He, that's when he jumped ship. All right, anyway, Tyler, I'm starting to get into, into rough waters here because you, you're a lot more knowledgeable in this realm than I am. I, I watch the movies, in the, and then I can critique the, the angles, the shots, the character development to a degree, but, like, I know comic book worlds it is so vast, wide. <laughs> but just like, but when you're telling a story, like even when you film something, exactly, you have when you film something, you have to give enough. You can't just go immediately to like the the point of the video. You need to build some relationship with the audience. 
exactly uh, and so that, yeah same same thing like you set the scene so so you might do like a wide shot to, to start start it all off or uh, what I like to do is the, the intrigue so you can intrigue someone right away off the bat with uh, an in, interesting sound like in the past I had I showed a whole bunch of scenes around a farm but I had cows mooing in the background you're like dude he's got to show the cows like I want that's what I want to see and so I reveal that on the, on the fourth fourth uh, slide if you would um, and so, like, yeah, and everything works in threes, so you show the three, and then and you do the fourth on the, on the next one. That's not a good example of three, but I don't know if you guys have that in, in, in the comic book world, using rule of three for things, uh, to just... I don't know, I don't know the rule of three. I'm not as, uh, well-educated as you. I'm... On the arts. I, I'm just bumbling my way through life, and it, and it works pretty good sometimes. Just keep <laughs> doing things. You can't bumble your way from a couch, but you can from a computer seat. Right, Tyler? <laughs> but you should intrigue. But like you said, good storytelling starts with intriguing. And if, if you watch a YouTube video and the first second doesn't hook you, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, uh, I don't really want to continue. It really is the first second. I think it used to be uh, a little bit longer. Now it's gone down to the first second. It fluctuates every every five years with different uh, attention spans. <laughs> <laughs> but that's man. why I like Logan Paul's vlogs there's something crazy like within the first two seconds and you're like oh I gotta watch well, well he pops on like what's up everybody let's go <laughs> hey, what's up what's up everyone it, okay. and when you bring the energy like that it, it, it gets people in a good mood I mean he's bringing uh, not only entertainment but he's also you know making people's lives better through making them feel better about life yeah. Um, but he, uh, someone calls him out on that. He, he's like in the car and they're like, what? And he's sitting in the backseat and one of his friends is like, why, why are you doing, doing that? Why do you have to do that every time? He's like, this is what people want. Like, this is what gets people motivated. This is why they watch my films is because they want the energy and they want all of that coming through the video and it, it makes people's day. Yeah. And that's what you, I think that's what you got to figure out is, and that's his way of telling a story. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's, he's found the formula that works for him and his audience. And I think you gotta find that out with like your audience. I mean, I'll go back to the superhero movie people. Is Marvel set a really big example of how viewers want a story, a superhero movie cinematic experience? And when DC was like, "Oh, we'll rush it and not take our time," everyone's like, "Well, Marvel took their time and it's great, and you guys suck." I know it. Uh, it's tough because in the moment you just want to be there already but you have to go through your iron mans you have to create your uh you know <laughs> your black true, panthers yeah. i don't think they really any of them flop too bad can you think of any of the individuals that didn't do as well i think they all really helped build upon each other yeah i mean like yeah like obviously like iron man like two and <laughs> iron man two wasn't very good but yeah it's what the made. fans wanted it, it's what like true iron man supporters yeah. fans wanted all right, Tyler. Um, so I guess I got a new. What What's been the? I mean, we've had a little bit of dilemmas. Let's let's we can get into a little bit more serious topics. So creating when we were young versus now. Um, does it still feel like a chore? Uh, when we were young, we could we could try so many different things, and you didn't care if you were gonna fail, and um, it was just a lot more exciting to learn something. But then once you put like a price tag on it, or you're in school and you're being told you have to do this. It, it kind of zaps the fun out of it. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, dude. Because, um, you know, uh, one thing I'm going to say like, to congratulate both of us is go us for still, like, creating. Yeah. Like, I don't know any, I don't know a lot of other people, like, in our class that still, like, do creative stuff. I know, like, Darren Zamanek does his photo- photography for, for a living. I, and I, I think because he started later. Oh, do you, oh, so do you think so? 
Yeah, I think because if he would have started maybe earlier, someone he would have had too many people making like saying like questioning, being critical from at age like twelve. And you need to see their passions got to push you through, or you just like you get, you get too many haters, and you say now, yeah, I can't do it, and you start listening to it. Yeah. Right, so I, maybe I think that the, the big. The I don't know. That, that's just that's just an idea. I don't. I don't really know if I think that, but I'm just throwing like, it out there. Well, that in the sports world, that's what I think. So what happens? I mean, you see all these great athletes that get fat and stuff because they stop uh, honing in on their craft. I think that definitely translates over to uh, yeah. the in, whether whether you're an athlete, whether you're an artist, um, any number of those things. It's uh, people just stop beating away at their craft. Stop, you know really honing mm-hmm. in and that's because someone told them that they weren't good enough they told themselves that they weren't good enough and and all those things start to add up so i think then i think so when i think the nice thing so i started making comics when i was like in third grade and i did it just like in my room for funsies i still have them all actually in my room like in my closet I, like all the ones i made when i was in third grade and then i stopped because i didn't think it was cool yes yeah, so I, I stopped because i didn't think it was cool so that's when i got into like being a rocker and I started doing that. Because but you were good was, at it. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And, so, and then when we started doing the filming stuff, we all thought it was so cool. So we had a good, we had, I feel like we have a good friend support system. For sure. I think the, people I, were pushing us. They were like, like, oh, you guys are doing the documentary. I want to, we want, remember we watched it. We, we premiered it after homecoming senior year. Exactly. Yeah. We, we had a good amount of eight, maybe eight to 10 people there. Yeah. That weren't in the film. And they laughed and they thought it was funny and it was, oh man, I can't believe that. Yeah, we always had a good, I mean, you know, talking about support groups, it's always good to have people that you can collaborate with. I think we definitely pushed each other. Like we, and we would produce different, and it always wasn't just one form of work. You know, we did music together. We never did any drawing or anything of that nature, but also the videos. We probably we could were, have podcasted and, and back wanted, then. And we wanted to try something new and it wasn't like, it didn't feel like a competition. Like, oh, so Brian's doing this. It was like, whoa, like how can we... We were, I, I wish, I wish, if, man, if we could, if we had figured out how to monetize on YouTube, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it pays off dividends down the road. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just play devil's advocate just for folks that people out there, they're like, oh man, I had this great idea, but then someone else came up with it. It's, I think it all builds on itself. It's like, if you put in the hard work, it's eventually you're going to find a success in whatever it might be. So like you got to what create 10 really not as great comic books before you get that one that, you know, gets seen by this guy that's like, Hey, yeah, I'd like to, you be a part of my team. So, yeah. and so if you were to monetize those other ones and try to, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just think I think the world's just pretty crazy like that. It rewards. It's like an input-output world. Like whatever you're putting into it, like you're gonna get a reward in some form or fashion, whether it's today or tomorrow. It just all pays dividends and builds off of each other. But think about like all yeah, like think about the work that you do right now with your videos, like how well they look. Imagine if if imagine if you. Uh, if you went to someone who's who like you work with like really professional people, mm-hmm. imagine if you went to them and you gave them a like a Chronicles of Steen video. I know, isn't that crazy? It it almost ruined me. Oh. Yeah, I did that. I did that once. Yeah. I did it three years ago. I thought I drew a comic book. It's so crappy, and I went to a publisher and I said, "Yo, you guys gotta check this out." And oh, you walked in there like you were like you were the real deal. Yeah. Oh and, man. Oh my gosh, the rejection was so hard. And, like, that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, like, I can't be just this kid with a dream. I've got to put in the freaking work. 
Yeah. And I've been doing it now for four years, and I can now I can now say like as of like the last like month, I feel confident in like my drawing. Dude, this is when I first when I made my first video, I was like. I can do this. This is super easy. I'm great at it. My confidence was here. I'm like, I'm a natural. I'm the I'm the best there ever was. And I think my one of my, one of my first videos was like a happy birthday video for you, Tyler, or something ra- random of, of that nature. And then uh, you go to school and you get humbled. And and uh, it's just it's it's tough because I, I you know I was posting stuff on YouTube and then you get something seen by like 300 people and that's some form of validation viewership. Yeah. Um, then you go to school and you see, oh, there's a lot of other people doing something of a similar nature and they're really good and you can tell because they might have honed in on the storytelling aspect um, or maybe they uh, are more just technically sound. And then you get humbled by a professor that says you're not as good or you go to a publisher and they say you're not as good and then you start grinding away at it even more and then there's like a few times where you want to quit but then you can't because there's a what just like that creative itch inside of you. You just got to keep pushing through it. And uh, I, I think that's what's a big definer for a lot of folks is uh, they get down and then they wind up just quitting, like we were saying. But I want to hear, I want to kind of go back on to, so in third grade you were drawing, because I, I don't, I remember you being a pretty decent drawer, but I didn't know this was like what you had. Dude, I drew a 500 page comic book. In f- third grade? Like, it took me from third to like seventh grade. Wow. 500 yeah. page and so what when you look back on that is that insanity well like it was easy well here's the thing it wasn't professionally like that and i grabbed just like white printer paper and i and i just did everything with pencil mm-hmm. and so like it's really crappy but like you if when you read it you can tell like oh man like i really liked doing this and so as a kid you know like you said like when you made the first video you're like i've got all this talent i can do this because the first kind of stuff we were doing was so simple. Yeah. Like, just like the first video, that happy birthday one, it was all you did was just put in some clips. Yeah, some like, slides, kind of, maybe some text, and then just clips smashed together, put some epic yeah. music behind it, and boom, voila, you got like the, yeah. the formula, the but basic then, formula. But then when you realize the, the amount of work that to actually produce something of quality, I mean, like, I would make one of, I would make a 20 page comic book in like two days mm-hmm. back in third grade. And now I will hopefully get like a page page or two done in like two or three days. Oh man, and it's crazy. And this is uh, I like that you bring up the work aspect, and especially in the art world, or just anything like process. The more process, the longer something takes to make, people value that. For for example, that's why you pay more for something that's gourmetly cooked rather than something that was microwaved in fifteen minutes. Like it's all about process. Something, and so you can make some. St- Especially in the art world, you see people do this like the the stupidest process, but it usually po- produces something good. Like they'll take a, a, I remember taking art classes and they would, they would take a leaf from outside, they'd scan the leaf, and then they'd cut out the leaf, rescan it again, and then uh, tie some ribbons around it, scan that, and just like uh, just keep adding this random stuff to it. And by the end of it, it actually looked pretty good. And you're like, well, that would take a lot of work to replicate, and so that's why it's a value somehow. And that's just. The first example that comes to mind. Don't folks at home don't feel like you can just go take a leaf and and uh, make. Actually, if you can sell rocks, you can sell leaves. Yeah. Well, someone asked me, they go, "Well, how come your prices are so expensive?" I'm like, "Cause I think at this point, like, I'll, I'll charge right now around eighty dollars, eighty to a hundred dollars per page. Yeah. That I draw, and it's just because like I know I can, I know what it's worth. I know that you, person who are hiring me, can't do it. Exactly. So I know I can, and like I used to, I used to pay, you know, I used to have people pay me $30 a page and I would do my best work 
mm-hmm. $30 a page. And now after three years of it, I'm like, okay, you know what? I now know that my page worth is worth more than $30. I think I'm around 80 to 100 Yeah. Um, I could be more, but I'm, I'm trying to keep it low-balling so that I can still get hired. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you're looking at it from the business point of view. I think that you have to, in any of the art worlds, if in any of uh, any art form, you know, even as a videographer, you have to measure, like, being an artist with being a business owner, especially in the freelance realm, where you mm-hmm. have to be a little bit more selective of who you take on, and it's a little, it is kind of monotonous, a little bit of a pain, and you have to sell yourself, which is your story. That's what you're selling. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not only buying the product, they're buying you. You know, they want your specific style, your eye for it. Um, and so that that's something that just you – I don't know where I'm going with this. I, Help me out, Tyler. As a, yeah. I have a question for you. Let's say someone when you when you if, when and if you do freelance work, what plays more into a factor of of you saying yes to the job, the money or you actually wanting to do it? Yeah, it's got to be interesting. Okay, so you wouldn't just take something boring just because the money was good. Yeah, it just depends on what's uh, what what situation <laughs> I'm in at the time. If I might have just put some money into uh, some new equipment. Or I want to try it out or whatnot, but uh, yeah, for the most part, like I, because your time is so valuable, you know, I like to do a lot of other things such as you know bike, run, uh, swim, play soccer, play tennis, um, and so those things eat up a lot of my time or spend time with family and friends, and so you're mm-hmm. measuring, you're weighing that with with the project. You're saying, well, I'm giving up this in order to do this project for some money. I'm in a fortunate position where I have a, a full time gig, or or if you can do that. There's pros and cons to all of this because, yeah, as a freelancer, you can be selective of what projects you take on, and it can be something that's really exciting for you, and you want to just like do it just out of passion. Maybe even do it for less money because you know it'd be great. A lot of people do that for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, yeah, it's definitely the 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 project has to be ex- engaging enough for me to take it on. Yeah, that's been like I've I've noticed, and like my girlfriend will be like, "Why are you taking on this project?" Because she sees me just like I am like dying inside and i'm just like well the money the money was good mm-hmm. and she's like but well, you're i'm not putting in my best work she can tell and so like my new rule now is if i'm gonna if i'm gonna produce if i'm gonna produce artwork for someone i've got to be i've got to enjoy the project yeah that's huge and um you have to get to a certain point before you can do that i think in the yeah. beginning you're definitely taking on some more projects that aren't as enjoyable and that's part of the grind and then uh, build your portfolio build a portfolio which doesn't always have to be a portfolio of like showing work but saying that you've worked with a person and that uh, you know maybe they give you a reference or referral but there's so many different variables in this in, in these industries that you don't know what you're working on today could have a me- mega payoff down the road. Like, for example, like I got my job currently because I was just making videos for fun with my friends in college. We were playing football together, and I made an intramural football uh, kind of series. As we kept winning, I kept filming it as we until we made it to the finals. We wound up, uh, spoiler alert, we wound up losing the finals, but that gave me a huge inspiration to tether a good movie or at least in my opinion friday night lights with our own story and i used the same music soundtrack spliced in some shots from that (laughs) and i made it this epic loss which you know i think almost tells a better story than being an epic win yeah dang that's how you got your job yeah so my friend's dad watched those videos and then he's like oh here let me you know send your resume along to to the bot to my to the marketing director and i was just like 
okay, I didn't think much of it. Here, here's my resume, you know, whatever. Uh, especially since, you know, coming out of school, you send out so many resumes and you're just like, you start, yeah. you start losing confidence in yourself. You're like, well, no, is anyone going to hire me? Am I ever going to have a job? And then boom. And then boom like that. And so that stemmed from just a passion project. So you never know what project you can be working on that yeah. winds up landing. That's important though. You should, that's why you should like, same with my job currently. I only got hired because my friend's dad was like, you know, Tyler, you, you guys are really loving this podcast. I can see you guys are driven and creative. You should work for my company and boom, I got hired. Didn't have to interview or anything. Yeah. Well, I think that's how it gets at the higher level. You do less interviews because they know who you are and they know yeah. your work and they know it's going to be a good fit. Yeah. All right. Boom, guys. Did we just? Oh, go for it. I was going to say, let's, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, everyone, uh, we're going to, let's end this. Let's end this portion of the Draw and Talk podcast, but we're going to keep talking with Brian on the link below. I'm going to, I'm pointing down to the link below in the description. Um, that's where you're going to find Brian's podcast. Uh, do two things. One, subscribe to his podcast, and then two, listen to our episode that we do together. Yeah, thank you so much, Tyler. I really appreciate it. I guess we're going dark because on my podcast, I haven't moved on to video yet. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, you guys, for listening. This has been awesome. Really appreciate it. Boom. Boom. All right, everyone, hit the subscribe button on both of our podcasts. Uh, dude, that was fun. You have to be like in it for so long. I feel like I was coming up with some stream of consciousness, but it didn't have a good conclusion. Thirty minutes. Uh-huh, that's you're good. good. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, so I'm probably gonna splice that up into like two videos. That's fine, and then I can just ask you more questions on this end. It's good yeah, back and it's good back and forth. Yeah, it's good talk. It's all, yeah, it's just good information. Like no matter what. I wanna, I wanted to get more into the creative side, and less on the businessy. And just That's what it true. just what it means to create in general. You want to talk about that on yours on your side? Yeah, we can do that. I have some other questions. I'm glad that we touched upon. We did touch upon the, the you know those, some of those topics that I wrote down on the list. Dude, the big my biggest pet peeve with like like freelance artists like people like us is when they don't take it like, seriously as a business. Yeah, I know, but it's because it's not taught in I'm, school. Yeah. You know, none of the everything that we're it's doing, not. everything we're doing, even from the drawing. Is not even really touched taught in school. They don't even have yeah. drawing classes. I'm just like when I talk with people, I'm like, you know, why aren't you? I was talking to this dude, and he's like, he's. I, I went to the gym, and he's the the dude that scans like, welcome to the gym, and he's just drawing, and I'm like, wow, dude, this poster that you're doing is like, it was movie quality. I kid you not. And I'm like, dude, why are you doing this? And he goes, oh, I'm just doing this for fun. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, like. I know so many people that pay you four to five hundred dollars, like up front right now, yeah. to like do that. And he's just like, "Well, yeah, it's just, it's just like a hobby." I'm like, "Do you really enjoy working at the gym as a reception desk, dude?" Then what do you say? He just like, "Well, it'd be cool to be an artist and just like give an Instagram." He goes, "No, I want to have an Instagram for him, like to post your art to like get people." Yeah, people don't see it that way. It's a, uh... but I mean. That I, and with like that, like a lot of comic book people, they're like, "Why should I get Twitter?" I'm like, "I'm like, yeah." They're like, "Twitter's irre- irrelevant." I'm like, "Dude, Twitter. You might think it's irrelevant, but you can meet so many cool people on Twitter, and they'll talk back to you." Yeah, we're in this big divide where, like, because of the internet, there's we're so much more opportunity, and people are not taking full advantage of it. They just see it as maybe, I mean, 
the older generation, they're spinning it as just a passing fad, but it's really, it's a resource for information. You have your own persona on the internet that's should be, you know, hand in hand with who you are in real life. But some people, they spin it a little bit differently. But the, yeah. all of that stuff, it matters to a degree because where do people live? They live on Facebook. At least the older group does. I live on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just all these different spheres. And if you're not investing in your personal brand, not creating, developing that now, uh, you're missing out on a huge potential down the road. Like I, I look at this podcast today. You know, as long as we keep producing podcasts for the next couple years – this podcast won't even, I mean, at, at most we get 40 to 100 views, but it doesn't really take off until three years from now. This this podcast won't be successful until 2020 or 2021. Yeah, when, when, when someone goes down the rabbit hole of listening to every single one and then they're going to get to this one, they'll be like, oh, that's some really good information. Exactly. And so, you know, great, great point. I was looking back over some of the old YouTube videos that we did, you know, the um, 30 Seconds to Mars, Kings and Queens, when we... Uh, yeah. decided to, because we couldn't get into, we auditioned, so every year at our school we had uh, the Homecoming Assembly, and we auditioned to be able to be the band that could play at the Homecoming Assembly. Got denied, but we didn't let that stop us, so they had the Cultural Assembly maybe two months later, <laughs> and we just said, hey, we would like to express uh, British culture by playing this song called Kings and Queens by 30 Seconds to Mars, which has nothing to do with kings or queens or england and it wasn't cultural but we pieced it together i oh man that was like that was a big undertaking i remember calling up individual people and i mean this is a great drive for just even in any industry you got to ping on people so i called every single person that was going to be our backup singer and said hey, are you going to be there on Tuesday? Because I knew that a phone call would put a little pressure on people. Whereas if you made a Facebook group or I don't even know if Facebook is as popular as it is today. It was scary for those people because we had them in the crowd and then they had to get up from their seats and then walk down into the the auditorium. um, But Tyler, I do do want to give uh, a little... uh, I I was a little hurt and, and you were the one. Everyone was there on time. But your boy Tyler showed up like 30 minutes late and I had all these people waiting and he's like, oh, dude, I'll be there in like 10 minutes. I mean, I was like, everyone was there because I had called them and pinged on them. But the one guy that I needed to ping on was yours truly. Oh, man. I blame my girlfriend at the time. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, But you know what? Here's something to learn, though, uh, people. If you're not given opportunities, make your own opportunities. Yeah, if you, if you don't see a door, build your own. That's yeah. kind of been our mantra this whole time because... I've never had a handout of someone being like, hey, you should, hey, will you do this? I've always had been like, I'll build my own door. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, if you were to try to walk into a comic book place, never have made a single comic and be like, hey, can I have a job here? The okay. odds are, like, slim to none. Slim to none. Yeah, exactly. Same, um, same with a videographer with, job, yeah. And that performance was so good. I mean, I had, uh, you know Isaac Smith? I'll probably here. I'll I'll play a little bit of that performance here. All right. Um. Yeah. But about Isaac Smith. But he, uh, cause we were roommates at BYU Idaho, and uh, he's like, dude, Tyler, can I just tell you one of the most memorable moments of high school? And I was like, well, he goes, when you, Brian Cargill, and Bo, you guys did that thirty seconds of Sots, um, Smart song, Smart, and, and the whole auditorium like got up and was clapping and cheering and you guys were just jamming he goes I, he's like i have been in up my whole life and i've gone to all those assemblies and never once has that been done before and i don't think ever once 
will not be done again. And I was like, yeah, we were, we killed it. That was a pretty epic moment. That was like the dream that I had as a kid, or like when we first met, and we all knew that we kind of played some instruments. Every all you guys were pretty talented. I was just good at playing a couple chords, and it was just. I would have liked to be the manager, but you can't be the manager of a band if you're not like one of the the stronger people. <laughs> I, I don't know how Captain America does it because he's definitely probably not the most strongest. People will disagree with that. But anyway, I had this dream that we'd all play together, and I think we even put like band like a name that we made for ourselves on the back of it. We put cultured. Culture. Col- we put culture. <laughs> Except I think on the back of mine said AIDS. <laughs> I think mine said AIDS. Yes, yours did say AIDS, Tyler. And I flashed it to the crowd, and then I looked down, and the mayor of the city was sitting in front of me. And I, like, (sighs) quickly flipped it down and was like, I'm about to go back and sing. Jeez, Tyler. Yeah, that was... That was actually also a tragic day, because I I lost my Afghan scarf that day. That white and black one? (laughs) Yeah, I I lost it after that concert. Oh, you love that Afghan sweatshirt. I know. I I bet you someone uh, took it. I asked hold it, and they, they didn't give it back to you they never gave it back at least i got my camera back i had a girl film it and she gave it back to us so that was cool yeah yeah, yeah. dude that was such a good (sighs) performance i couldn't believe it all right i'll do a little intro boom um what was i gonna say okay i think i got something Ladies and gentlemen, thank you and welcome back to the Enter My Shoes podcast. I am so excited for this guest today. His name is Tyler Carpenter. We met when we were kids and then he went over to England. He forgot that we ever met as kids, but I still remember. He came back from England. We became friends again and we've done everything from making music. We've made videos together. This guy is now today. I look up to him in so many regards because he has stopped everything and pursued being a comic book artist, which is huge. And Tyler is one of those guys is if he likes something, he just runs with it. So let's go. <laughs> the, yeah. That is a problem with me is if I really like something, I, I, I don't have like a, <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm going to do podcasts and do five a day. <laughs> it's nuts, man. But you work at, I mean, when you like something, you really, I mean, you, anything, you could take video games, you could take singing, I'm sure you, you've yeah, sang that, uh, plenty of times. We did that documentary in high school. We did that documentary. I, I spent like all that time just always editing and filming everything because I was like, I'm going to make this video. I'm gonna, this is going to be so cool. Yeah, you, you force yourself to, to want to do it. And I, whereas you have some crazy drive inside of you that makes you want to go do things. Because I get bored editing after four hours. Four hours is about my max. You could do 16. Yeah, so- it, it, it like I... Um, the comic book I'm currently working on, I so I actually gave up. I, I told myself I'm just, I was done making comic books. Wow. And yeah, I told myself I was like I'm not making comic books anymore. I just don't see like a reason to. And I was I was sick of drawing. And um, one night I was like, let me just draw something real quick. And I also I started getting this fire, and that's what I call it now, the fire. And I drew for ten hours. I drew from like ten. 10, 10 p.m. Because I started at 10 p.m., which is bad because I normally go to sleep. I started from 10 p.m. and I didn't end till like uh, like 9 a.m. the next day. Oh my god! <laughs> is that is that like, productive? It does it work? Pretty good. Dude, it looked the the pay, and the reason why was because I was just like really loving the work I was doing and I just kept I just, I couldn't stop and ever since then I've been drawing comics even more more oh, so and that, that was only like two months ago by the way. That's nuts, and and I will mind you. I do want to tell the audience you weren't on caf- you weren't caffeinated. 
Uh, no ADD, nothing. Like you just, this is sheer drive, and I, drive. and yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to think how can like to encapsulate that to for for someone else. Would you say, for someone that's looking for what they want to do, that that's going to be the case for everyone? Like if you love something enough, you're just going to do that regardless of whatever it is. Um, I think it's. So I think it depends. I so I called it. I call it when you get that drive. I say it on my YouTube channel and my podcast a lot and to every creators. I call it the fire. And you have two decisions once you get that fire, that drive to do something. You can either be like, that's cool that I have this drive and then like stop doing it. Um, but then what I advise you do is you should just keep going. So let's say you're editing a video for four hours, but you're just like, this is so cool and you're loving it. I would say don't even stop at four hours. I would stop until you can't do it anymore. Yeah, and that's what and that's what I did. Like I stopped at nine a.m. mainly because I needed to go to like work. Oh, man. Um, but and and ever since then, I've I've told with this current comic book project, I've I've had the fire. As in, I'm like I want I could spend all day just drawing because I'm loving what I'm doing. And the reason why I wanted to stop doing comic books is because I wasn't loving what I was doing. I wasn't loving the work I was producing. I wasn't liking the clients I was working with. And I was like, you know, maybe I should just, like, leave. And I decided, okay, let me do something for myself. Let me start loving it. And boom, the fire. And I still have that fire. Like, if I wasn't talking with you right now, I'd be drawing. Interesting. Um, can you – so you did have a turning point. You weren't liking the co- uh, your clients, so you cut them out of the, out of the equation. And then you started just – did you switch anything up? Did you switch up your style to keep yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I wasn't happy with my style. I changed a lot of things. I wasn't happy with my style. I wasn't. I was trying to do more mainstream, cartoony comics, mm-hmm. and I realized I was doing that just to please people. Interesting. So you weren't even really drawing for yourself anymore. You were drawing just for what you knew other people would enjoy. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't drawing. I wasn't doing anything that I like. Was like, wow, this is so cool. Like now, if I draw a page, like I've I've been sharing it on like social media. Mm-hmm. Whereas you. You couldn't see anything I drew in the last two years because I didn't care. Gotcha, and I think that's a, a something that a lot of artists run into is they just hang out in the shadows before. I, it, it is interesting. What do you share and what do you do not share? Because my idea is people are gonna judge you based on what they see today, but it's not really fair to do that. It's more fair to see the potential in someone and see what are they gonna be like five years down the road. But as an artist, I think it's important to show what you're doing today and have people follow along with you on that journey to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at look at your YouTube channel, like the Video Warrior one, but where you had like those those old vlogs that you used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had and to like, start somewhere, but I kept sharing them. I guess I could have lived on my computer, but half the reason you make a video, the half the reason you make a comic is so people can see it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> and look how and like in. Like, you're not going to get a job with any of those videos, but, like, your viewership can see, oh, my gosh, this is what they used to used to. My favorite thing to do on YouTube these days to see the big vloggers, like Casey Neistat, Neistat or yeah. whatever, I like I don't like seeing their current video. I like to see their very first video. Oh, sorry, Tyler. You cut out a little bit. I want to see how much. Oh, frick. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Just, yeah, I can hear okay. you. So I'll start all over. My favorite thing I currently like doing right now on YouTube is I like to see the very professional-looking videos that people are producing and making crap ton of money on, and I like to see the first. I like to go back and see the first video they did. That's what because, I think a lot of people do because you want to see 
okay, they weren't as polished. Maybe maybe they had a bunch of ums and ahs. The cuts weren't as tight, especially in the video world. Um, mm -hmm. And you can do that with every single profession. And you just say, okay, that's where they started. And there's a funny thing about that. They say, you've heard, I think the 10,000 hour rule is something that's been thrown out a lot and overused. Mm -hmm. But uh, beyond just doing 10,000 hours of work, you also have to be diligent in um, your approach to it. So it, it just can't be willy-nilly. I'm just drawing or creating it has to be purposeful and and mm. and you have to have intention be, behind it um but yeah a lot of those guys i think they say it doesn't matter what you go into whether it's drawing uh, athleticism i think well athlete athletes i think have a little bit of a genetic but for most everything else whether you're an entrepreneur if you go into it with amount of time with a certain amount of time you can start to develop and you can be just as good as anyone else you back What's going on, Tyler? I'm back. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, let's. I'm gonna redo the introduction to a degree and just say, "All right." And Tyler is skyping in today. Tyler, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on, dude? I'm talking with my boy Brian. We've been friends forever, so this is this is just great. This has been. It's been a while. So, or yeah, we've been to friends for since. I think when we were little kids, I think that's when we were friends. Uh, but Any you don't kids? remember me from. Uh, Auntie Joe's, <laughs> sorry, which is messed up. And then you came back from England. You went to England, started a band. Uh, you loved it over there. Then came back over to the U.S. And then um, we became friends again, sophomore year or junior year of high school. It was, ju it was junior year. Yeah, you had a little bit of a rush, rough, rough uh, transition back to <laughs> it was so bad. American life, which I think a lot of people have from a, a cultural point of view. You had a little bit of cultural shock getting back into the U.S. Yeah, it was weird because like when I was in England, like I, I was like popular AF for no for the only only reason that I was American and that, and then I went to high school and I was like, oh, I don't have a six pack and I'm not cool enough. I know it's it's just brutal, but I mean you you tread treaded your own trail here or blazed your own trail by getting involved in things. I think that's huge. It's just doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I would have been cooler if my parents had been cooler. If my so. if your parents were cooler, that's what it was based upon. Whose parents are cool, Tyler? Dude, my parents grounded me so much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you got involved in different things, uh, singing organizations, doing your own music. You're always working on stuff. But uh, Tyler, let's talk about. So you're a comic book artist. Can you tell me a little bit about your style and why you got started in comic books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, um, I'm a comic book creator. Um, you can find me on the internet, Tyler underscore C underscore World, or I can go on Draw and Talk on YouTube. Um, but with comic books, so I started doing them when I was in third grade, and they were on pencil and paper, really crappy looking. And then I'm, I decided after uh, being in South Africa for two years on my church mission, I would start doing them professionally and it took four years of just straight like trial and error to really get to the artistic uh my art style now um i was i'm an oh i'm an award-winning artist now did you know that i'm an i'm an award-winning editorial cartoonist for newspapers that's pretty good, Tyler. That's pretty good. I, I tried to put that on my resume, award-winning, and then my buddy's like, you got to take this off. And he's, I was like, why? And it's like, because I had won an award through school. You know, you apply to whatever little things. I got like second or third place. And it's like, I'm an award-winning. No, you know, I, won first... an, I won a national newspaper award for my art. That's pretty good. 
<laughs> I don't know. I think the only guys that get to use it, though, I mean, everyone, everyone's probably won awards to a degree, especially in uh, today's society where it's participation trophies. Yeah. And that's an aside. But a lot of the guys that only want the people that use award winning are either if you're like a motive, like a public speaker, those guys use it yeah. all the time, or if you're just at the very top of the game. But Christopher I, Nolan doesn't say I'm an award winning director. He's just like, I'm, watch I mean, my movie. <laughs> I I use it if I want to charge people more. It's a selling point. Yeah, yeah which is yeah, huge. Yeah, like why should I why should I pay you that much to draw my stuff? I'm like, well, I'm an award winning. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. That's great. Just throw that in the, throw that in their face. So so Tyler, I want to talk about uh, creativity and and how everything goes uh, comes together in in the creative world. So talking about like not being good enough, getting to a certain point, plateauing, and then how do you push through that plateau? That sounds like something that you went through not too long ago. Yeah, so um, for like, I've been doing this for four years and we'll just say like for the first three and a half years, I was steadily getting better. And I was, and I was, the reason why I was, I wasn't improving as much is because I was, I was trying to do everything the way everyone else was doing it. The mainstream art way for comic books. Um, which works to a degree, and, right? Which does, yeah, which does work. Um, cause people like it, but I just realized that I wasn't able to do it, but I, I tried doing it for three and a half years. Um, and I was, and people knew me not as like a good comic book artist, but more as just someone who could do cartoons. That's why I was working at, I got a scholarship to work at my newspaper. They played for my schooling, which was nice. And uh, I did. I drew three to five cartoons um, a week uh, for that newspaper. And then I graduated, and I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do comic books anymore. I don't want. I don't know if I want to do art because I start plateaued. I wasn't getting any art jobs. Everyone's like, you're. We've seen your work. It's it's fine, but it's not what we're looking for. You're not improving. Hmm. And I. It, I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I should stop doing art, and I stopped I stopped for like a week, and then I decided, like, you know, let me draw something real quick, let me try something out, let me try something new that I've been wanting to try for a bit, and so I tried it out, and I then drew, I started, I, I, I then got the fire, and I drew from 10 p.m. to 9 a.m., and I could have kept drawing, I just had to go to work. Um, which was a bad work day because <laughs> I was so tired. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why I was able to overcome that plateau was because was because I decided to do something that I wanted to do my way, and I fell in love with it because I was because I could take full ownership over that. Whereas me trying to copy other people's style, it wasn't hundred percent me. I think that's huge. I think in any industry, whether whether you're a leather worker or um a painter any any number of things it's easy it's not easy but there's a standard there's something that works there's something that everyone looks to as the pinnacle and you notice and and what you did was you wanted to create your own niche create your own style your own uniqueness that separates you from these other people because if you're always trying to be like this one person they're just comparing you to that person all the time yeah and i was never gonna hit it Mm -hmm. i was like i'm like i'm trying to look like this they go but you don't look like it yeah so i was like oh well i'm never gonna hit that so let me just do my own thing there's a good sports analogy i'm just gonna throw this one out there for any everyone from the sports world that listens but uh there's a there's an opinion out there that kobe was trying to be like michael jordan and so that's why his name isn't as um recognized 
as with Jordan because it was like you're always using that comparison. Whereas if you were trying to do your own thing, you'd stand out a little bit more. I'm going to take that part out. I don't know enough about sports to be able to say that. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, who would be an artist that people always look up to? Like, it's like Rembrandt. There's... Well, think about like uh, well, we were talking about it on uh, the um, on the part one of this podcast. But let's look at Picasso. He was doing the mainstream painting like everyone else was doing, mm-hmm. and then he decided to do his own thing, the abstract. Yeah, and that's when he started to really like get the height of his career when he started doing his own thing that he wanted to do. Yeah, there's a really good quote going around right now, or it's been going around that. Good art, uh, good artists borrow, great artists steal, and they're not saying stealing per se, one to one. They're saying, okay, I've seen this bit, this piece. I'm in, I'm engaged into whatever my, you know, creative industry is. I I know what good looks like, and I'm gonna maybe take pieces or I'm gonna do kind of a snub to what is good and do my own thing, um, which you might notice in different comic books even <laughs> that someone's you can see that they're they're doing like a tout like something within their comics that's like a a, a head nod or a, a tipping of the hat to something that's great but they're saying no i'm doing it this way maybe yeah. you might even see that between dc and marvel like kind of the crossover well like just with my own like someone the other day was like hey your comic book looks great uh by the way are you influenced by Sh- uh sean phillips and he was actually the guy who um i watched a documentary about him and I saw how he did his comic books, and I was like, I could do it that way, and do it my own way. And I, I took, I, I took his way of doing comic books, put my own little twist to it, mm-hmm. and that's how I got my style. Um, because I saw how he did, and I was like, oh man, he, he makes it look so easy and so cool. I could easily do that, and I did it, and now I really enjoy it. Whereas I was trying to do it with other people, I was trying to do it the more traditional way. When I realized he decided not go traditional. Mm-hmm. the traditional route i was like well if he doesn't have to do it and his looks great let me copy what he's doing and then add my own untraditional route of doing it exactly we're in such a f- funny world or in the in the creative industry you're always looking at i get inspired from watching other work and not inspired in the way that i'm like oh i'm gonna copy everything one for one for one but i get inspired by the work to to maybe produce more or try something different whereas if you i didn't do that in the beginning i didn't watch a lot of other work i just loved creating i loved the the time when you know you put together music and the the shots and you tell a good story that's that's wonderful but it wasn't until i started looking at other work and saying oh i have a little bit of a benchmark of what good is that i was able to grow so i mean you had that influence there's every single artist throughout time had some sort of influence uh predecessor and we live in the 21st century where like we have such amazing like advances in technology that I wasn't really utilizing. Like for example, back when you wanted to make comic books and like back when you want to do like a bunch of other things with photography and art and art and videos, there was a certain way you had to do it just because of the time. So with comic books, you had to draw with a on pencil and paper, you had to then outline it and then you had you actually had to know how to draw. I'll just like throw that out there. You actually had to know human anatomy. Whereas now what I do, and I'm just going to throw it I'm just going to say exactly what I do is I will take a picture of myself posing of what I want to draw. And then what I can do is I don't have to then sketch out my body or figure out all the anatomy where my bones go. They're already on me. I slab that picture on a Photoshop. I trace over it 
and then I tweak I tweak my face so I don't I look a little better looking. I give myself abs, and then I make myself a little taller, and I just cut out like three hours of work. Interesting. Because I because I, I, I use technology, and if someone's like, why why are you shortcutting? I'm like, why aren't you? Hmm. Wait. So you'll do the pose that you want to see, and then you'll uh, trace yourself, and then kind of change the face if it's a different character. Yeah, so like what I did, what I did is I took six different, I took six pictures of myself, and then I then put them in Photoshop, and then I drew over them, and I changed, I then I drew over on my face, at, like at the character's face, and I made them either like look older, um, look younger, maybe I look making them into a female. Interesting. No, I do that. <laughs> but, um, That's a but, great I mean, concept, though. But yeah, you couldn't have done that uh, ten years ago because we didn't even have really great access to cameras. So you could take yeah. a photo, and, and then put it in there. Wow. Yeah, and you have and like people are like, how come you don't just learn how to draw? And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could, but then I have to spend four hours making sure all the bodies are right when I can just use my own body. Like, why aren't you speeding up your work? The biggest thing with with an artist, both videos, photography, and just art in general, is your comic time. books. How long does it take to take for you to get this done? I mean, imagine if you could make if you could make like five videos in one day. How much work you get done? How much money you could get? You could get for those videos, but it's all about your time. So if you can find a shortcut, why don't you? Yeah, that's thinking about the the whole process from start to finish. I have checklists now for everything that I do. You know, I. Oh really? It's What's a checklist. Well, it's for different different things. So if I'm doing a certain setup, I'll create a checklist so that way I don't forget to turn on this one switch that connects to the internet so that way we can actually send the broadcast live. I don't have one. This is a little bit more simpler for podcasts, but for an interview, I'll have a checklist, things such as, you know, what's the camera height at? Um, it, it, are they wearing jewelry that makes it clanking? Is, is that right next to the, the microphone? Is that going to ruin the entire shoot? Just little things that it's about a two-pager and for me to remember everything on those two page, on top of having a conversation with the the talent and making them feel comfortable, is just a lot. So I, I guess that's smart. But that's and that came with time. You, why wouldn't you do that though? That's the thing. Why wouldn't you do that? Well, I think in the beginning, the reason people wouldn't is because of laziness, or they don't know, or maybe a little bit of both. But um, for me, I didn't do it in the beginning, and you have to learn through so much failure, and <laughs> you go through the different, oh, I forgot to press the record button. Oh, the audio is bad. You go through all those, and you're like, I don't want to experience this ever again. This is a terrible feeling. How can I make this better for myself in the future? And so, like you said, you, you come up with different solutions. For me, it was a checklist. For you, maybe it's trying something different. Yeah. Um. So, Tyler, tell me, what... Uh, uh, lay it on, on you. I had a really great idea. This is one that I was hoping that you could just run with. I'm just going to give this to you. Boom, I can do this. I believe in myself, hopefully. <laughs> Ideas, Ideas are undervalued. Go. Ideas are undervalued. Okay. Okay, I got this. Ideas are undervalued. As in, like, your own personal ideas are undervalued, or just when you listen to people's ideas and then we undervalue them? Just your ideas, Tyler. Okay, like, so my ideas are undervalued. Okay, I like that. Okay. I, as in me personally, under, under, um... Yeah, so, like, uh... Under here, your own ideas? Actually, here, I'll, I'll lay the premise. Sorry about that. So... In the workforce, you have people that are able to just do day-to-day -day tasks over and over again. 
and yeah. those can get replaced by a computer, by a machine eventually. Oh, yeah. But yeah. things like an idea or being uh, drawing, actually drawing can be replaced by a computer, but the person that That's comes true. up with the idea for the concept behind the story and everything, that can never get replaced. Yeah. Unless, okay. unless there's a computer here, I'm just going to go on the hypothetical. <laughs> unless there's a computer that is able to take the best of all these movies or all these like stories out there and make some combo, <laughs> spit out some like algorithm that's the best uh, story, which they've done with music actually. Uh, they really? Yeah, they've been able to scientifically craft a song that's supposed to be the best, and and it flopped. I think it was um, uh, what's that band? Black Eyed Peas. I think uh. Scientifically, it was like one of their songs was supposed to do well, and it didn't. But then they found out that they could sandwich it between two things. So they would put like a song that everyone knows, put the Black Eyed Peas song, and then another song that everyone knows, and then it wound up being a success. I don't know if they do that with the the comic book world in some degree. I have no idea. I'm sorry, Tyler. That was a tangent. Okay, well, ideas are undervalued. Do you have any anything to say about that? Yeah, well, I think um, I think anything that you do that could that could push you. Um, if you have, I, all right, my, my thing is if you have an idea, you should run with it. So like we had it, we both had, we both clearly had ideas to do podcasts. There's a million reasons why, why we shouldn't do it, but we did it. There's a million reasons why I shouldn't be drawing comics, but I have an idea and I want to do it. Um, there's nothing wrong with, I think if you have an idea, you should go for it. There's nothing wrong with pursuing your idea with an idea and, like I have a friend and he just messaged me yesterday. He's like, Hey, I'm thinking about starting a bakery. Should I? I'm like, you should. Yeah. You had the idea. Clearly it's a good one. You have a reason why you thought of it. You should do it. I might. And even if you're scared of what people are going to think. So uh, maybe I'll let, help to let you guys know, let you know what happens. But, uh, I had, this, I had this idea. So I, I'm not in the, I'm not in the content creation, uh, portion at my work. I'm just supposed to tweet. And I was like, you know what? I can create 15 second videos for um, every single day for the content that the content creators can't do. And so I've been making the idea, idea. Let me make, let me make, make like five of them this week. And then when my boss comes back into town, I'll show them to him. And I showed a bunch of other people, and, and beforehand they're like, wow, how come we, how come we didn't think of this first? And I'm like, uh, cause I wasn't around. Or that you just get so one-sided, you live within your own box, and then what's tough is you work at a big organization, so the bureaucracy of, oh, so-and-so doesn't like the idea, so and they haven't liked that idea in the past, so guess we're not going to be doing that idea in the future. And that's another thing is, I don't think you should just have the idea and say it. You need to, you should do it. Do it and then show. It's like asking, it's easier to ask for forgiveness. Exactly. <laughs> like, just do it, cause like if I went to my boss, like, hey, I have this idea about fifteen second videos. He'd be, he'd probably be like, um, that's the content creation side, and the bureaucracy is gonna like wall me in. I'm not gonna be able to do it. But by me showing him, like, hey, I had this idea, I did it. It's possible. This is what it looks like. Then my boss can be like, can really get the full scope of the vision that I have as an idea. If that makes sense. I think that's huge because. Uh... I wonder if you run into this in the comic book world, you, but you can tell someone an idea and and it's just not the same as actually showing it. Especially like me in the video world, I try my best to explain someone what my concept is and what, what all the nuts and bolts of things going into it. And 
that's great, but it, it's going to change by the end of it regardless. But I try my best to tell them up front what it's going to be. But you're like, oh, actually, that was kind of stupid what I came up with after you watch it from, from the end point of view. Um, so, yeah. like, do you have a hard time sometimes articulating or pitching an idea? How important is that as a, as a comic book creator? Oh, yeah. Well, when you pitch a comic, a comic book idea, I mean, when you find, like, everything sounds amazing when you word it. But getting it, but then to finally, to put all the pieces together and then to make that vision come true, that's the real hard part. I mean, yeah, I can imagine pitching a video, like, I've got this idea, it's this shot, and then when you see that shot, and then you're like, oh, that, <laughs> that is not what I had in my mind. I thought I articulated it a certain oh, way. Uh, I, I have that problem with a lot of writers where they'll be like, the person, um, the uh, oh, here's an example. Oh, man, this infuriated me so bad. <laughs> this girl, she says in her script, um, the cop hears something thud on, thud, thud on the ground. Bam! And then the cop smashes through the door. And I'm like, okay. Um, if I was a cop and I heard something above me and then I have to smash through a door, I would have my gun out. So I drew a picture of the door smashing with the gun out, and the girl calls me up, and it's just like, that is not what I wanted. That is not my vision. He does not have a gun out. And and they just didn't articulate it in their script, and I envisioned it wrong, even though they didn't mention it. So I think if you're going to pitch something, you have to do it – it either has to be perfect or you have to show them the idea straight up for, me, for them to work on it, which a little I go back to my boss. I don't think I would be able to pitch my idea – through words very well for him to understand it but my but my me showing him that i did it he can be like oh that's what you mean yeah and and you show through like a storyboard exactly or or, or whatnot which i don't do a lot in video uh i just kind of just feel like can you make a video i'm like yeah i can and then i just do you not store yeah do you storyboard i don't it's weird kind of in my mind but like my style is I do an interview, and then you get some great B-roll shots around it. And a B-roll, for those of you that you don't know, is just like your, you have your A-roll and B-roll. A-roll is like where the person is on the camera speaking, talking about whatever it might be, and then the B-roll is showing maybe what they're talking about. Good B-roll is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, in an ideal world, I, I come from the the journalism world, so it's telling a story in you know that documentary style, the YouTube videos that we used to make, where it's just you documenting what is going on, and we might be exaggerating a little bit, but then you cut it up after the fact, and it winds up being something decent, and it's authentic, and it's organic, and it's real. Whereas if you stage yeah. things, it it just has a different effect. And so I'll do an interview, and then I'm usually able to draw the best pieces out of that out of that person. Just I don't even sometimes I don't even go with any questions. It's great to go in an interview with having some background knowledge around the person, but I don't even go in with any questions and just uh, see where it goes because I, and I, I meant to bring this up on on your side of the, the podcast, but I, I have this theory that everyone has a story to tell and it's just a matter of drawing it out because I can, you can talk with someone uh, uh, and have a conversation and they might hint at something, but most people in a regular conversation will just glance over that. But you said, like, for example, I was talking with this guy yesterday and he said something about like yeah and i had a brother in vietnam and i was like whoa that was an interesting point bring that back up again like let's talk about your brother in vietnam like that must have been something that was really like uh, of interest to you something that really meant something and and we wound up talking about that and you can 
if you read between the lines and people in the humor world do this all the time, at least I do it, like you deflect with humor, but you're really trying to say something underneath. And most people just say, oh, ha, ha, ha. But you're like, but I really meant something. And so it's really digging deeper into oh, yeah, whatever. Like yeah. I don't know. That That's just a... Yeah, was like the con- no, but that's true. Like every, I feel, yeah, I agree. Everyone has a, a deeper story that they're not like willing to, like for example, uh, this is gonna be really dark. It's not really really dark, but uh, like last fall, I was super depressed. I was like going to therapy, and um, and I'd be like, people were, like, oh, how's your day going? I'd be like, oh, I'm kill myself, and I'd laugh, and they'd be like, oh, ha, 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 ha. but like I didn't want to actually kill myself, but I'm like, no, I, I'm I'm dying inside. Yeah. Not metaphorically, someone, but yeah, I hear you. Had, if someone had just been like, oh, like, what, what's going on? And, you know, the people, the close people could pick up on that and be like, wait, is, is something really going on? Like, that that's impactful. And I, and you hear that with, a, yeah, someone, I was talking with someone, they're like, yeah, when I was in the band, blah, blah, and then they try to go on and talk about their chicken sandwich. And I was like, wait, hold on, go back to your band. You're like, don't just throw that out there. <laughs> exactly. People do that all the time, and, and so it's just like kind of uncovering. Everyone has their own like internal turmoils, and they're things that have been percolating in the back of their minds. But we kind of go day to day, and everyone's so worried about number one yourself that uh, if you take a moment to worry about what someone else is maybe going through, you can draw, you can get to a pretty good conversation. At least that's been but, my experience. But I like we kind of, but I like how you said that you don't like with the interview. You kind of don't have everything planned. You like to see where it goes mm-hmm. with the story. I think that's awesome. I like with me when I do comic books. Like when I'm doing this current, I, um, when I'm doing this comic book, you're normally supposed to write a 24 page script, and the script is like panel one, this happens. Panel two, this, and it's very strict on what's gonna happen. And for this comic book, I decided, you know what? I'm not gonna like restrict myself with how many pages this current scene is gonna take. I, I, I'm just gonna if it, if the scene takes six pages. I'm going to give it six pages. And maybe after the six pages, I'm like, oh, man, I need one more page to really get what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it because I don't have that restriction of a script. Same with, like, the questions. Like, oh, I've got to stick to these questions. Like, wait, let's go back to what you said, and we can dive more into that, into the story. Because that's what that's what a good story is. It's heart. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I feel, I feel like planning takes away from the heart. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening, and as an added bonus, here's a little sneak peek into the next episode. What are you doing right now? Uh, well, I'm making a salad for tomorrow. It's pretty uh, pretty basic. I'm a pretty basic B-word. Um, I got some, some iceberg lettuce, which I know everyone hates. I got some Roma tomatoes because they're cheapest, and I'm the cheapest, and I got some onion. And then I love iceberg lettuce. I do too. I think I love the crunchiness People of hate it because they're like, oh, it's not nu- as nutritious as kale or... S- or uh, spinach, but... Okay, move back to Portland. Oh, wait, we are in Portland.